The following content is not suitable for children. Wah, wah. Boring sex. Who wants boring sex, Lori? I'm so bored and bad. What are we going to do about this? Welcome to Foreplay Sex Therapy. I'm Dr. Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fowler, your couples therapist. We are here to talk about sex. Our mission is to help couples talk about sex in ways that incorporate their body, their mind, and their hearts. And we have a little bit of fun doing it, right, G? Listen, and let's change some relationships. <laughs> I don't know, Laurie. I'm feeling depressed. Boring sex. Sex wasn't made to be boring. I mean, I'm sure there are always maybe moments in a relationship, but for the most part, if there's any day that should be full of vitality and fun and curiosity and playfulness and laughter and kind of intensity, it's it's sex. So if if we lose that, if it falls into a place of, you know, that that sucks. So if you're having boring sex, I'm sure you have good reasons. Let's figure out what those are and what we can do to shake it up a little bit, Lori. Yeah. You know, I started thinking about this topic because I was also just wondering what makes people boring? Like occasionally, I, I will say in general, I am never bored with anybody. I mean, even people who, you know, maybe have disabilities intellectually, I still find their world interesting, the way they think about it. I I was in a group with a guy who was mentally challenged for a long time. I mean, I was in this group for like three years with this man, and I was interested in the way he experienced the world. I just, I don't find people boring, but there is something that I do find boring about people, and that's when when they will not reveal anything about themselves. And it's the withheld quality that no matter what you ask, no matter how long you're with them, no matter how safe you make it, they stay on the surface. And over time, and that's fine. You know, like I have a relationship with a bunch of neighbors who pretty much they stay on the surface. We party. We have good times together. I don't need to be deep with everybody. Mm -hmm. But there is a quality of some of them or some people sometimes that just that surface level w- without any hint of the inner life inside that yeah. it, at least what I it's I don't know if I'm so bored but I'm not compelled you know I like that you're zooming out of sex and just trying to what are the traits of boredom in general mm-hmm. right and there is something about the predictability like when I know what somebody's going to say and there's, you know, and it's that lack of engagement. I think those are the hallmarks of like my brain starting to kind of disengage too. And then it mm-hmm. feeds further disengagement. I remember my mom, when she was still alive, sometimes she'd be calling me. It's like, I, I knew what she was saying. I could kind of take the phone away from my ear and come back 30 seconds later and not, not miss a beat because, you know, she would stop playing these tapes and, you know, and we all have moments where we could miss each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, in other areas, mm-hmm. we were, our relationship was fantastic. But, you know, there was this side of our relationship that had gotten so predictable that mm-hmm. it was harder for me to engage. Yeah. So I think we're trying to make those connections that similar things are happening then in a the bedroom, right? Where you kind of are not surprised, where you kind of know exactly what's going to happen, where it feels like the person's not present. Those are pretty tough moments then. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, if you go upstairs on Thursday night, pull down the sheets, get cleaned up, hop in the sack, you know, 
I do this, you do that, bam, bam, we have orgasms, go get cleaned up, go to sleep. I'm, nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. Just say, sign I'm gonna, me up for that. What's, <laughs> what's the problem with that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that one. But, but on the other hand, right, this is how people have sex sometimes for 20 years. And, yep. and it's without risk. It's without ever talking about it afterwards or debriefing it. Or like, you know, you always talk about playfulness and the laughter that people have when they have sex. And, and, and that's fun, you know. I mean, that's not boring if you're being playful, you know. It's just – and that also gives you flexibility to be playful because you can put your elbow on somebody's hair and it, the moment isn't ruined. Yeah, I appreciate, again, is what you're trying to – get clear about some characteristics that if our listeners can identify, they don't feel crazy or there's something wrong with them. This is just what happens. So those low levels of engagement or when people are not intentional, they're not putting effort into it. They're not trying anything new. They're not communicating. I mean, it's the lack of that leads to boredom. Yeah, We need, I love how you say, I'm, I'm curious. I don't know this person's world. It don't matter who it is. I could kind of walk into a grocery store and like, I'm interested, right? Oh because my God, yes. that not knowing that curiosity, it's, it's what keeps us fresh and alive. When, when you, everything becomes so predictable and the other person's not doing anything different and you're not doing anything different. Well, there's nothing wrong with your body saying, this is a bit bored. I, I know what's going to happen with a hundred percent certainty mm -hmm. and it's getting harder and harder for my body to want to engage mm -hmm. in that because it is there's just nothing new and i looked up this research and i don't mean to diss your gender g but men in general are more bored in their lives they, they mm -hmm. experience more boredom and they experience more boredom in bed and and we know generally i think that men often they have more success with variety in bed. I mean, they can have orgasms in many different positions, and it's easier for them to reach climax in a variety of situations, whereas women kind of need this predictability sometimes to reach orgasms. So that's a tension. But I wondered about this. It's like I also think, you know, men are withdrawers for good reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they hold, they've been taught – to hold in their feelings and their thoughts. As children, you know, this we celebrate the independent male. And I talk to so many men, sexual pursuers, and when I ask them questions about, okay, do you share, how do you seduce? How do you, do you share your own sexual fantasies? I often get back, uh, no, I, I don't. So it's like this kind of like a dam inside I wonder if their boredom is about not letting out the self, not letting out yeah. who they are in bed, not letting out who they are as a person. And I'm not blaming them for that. I think there's good reasons men have learned not to do that. Well, it's it's a script that you're given, right? You, you, walls that you're taught to use to keep out bad things also start to keep out good things. So with mm -hmm. all couples that I work with, I do a quick assessment. I mean, the secret to any relationships based on the quality of engagement. So I say, all right, I want you to think about on a one to 10. There I go with my numbers again. I like your right? How connected do you feel on the high road, the middle road and the low road? The high road is the great sex, the great vacations, the great 
dinners, the, you know, fun stuff, positive affect, all the good stuff we need to make a relationship work. How do you do with that? The middle road is the grind, the teamwork, the partner, and somebody has to pay the, you know, the bills and do the dishes and cut the lawn. And like, how do you do with that? Do you bicker the whole time or you feel like you do that pretty well? And then there's the low road. The low road is sharing our struggles, our insecurities, our vulnerabilities, right? Typically, when I ask men, you know, they want to live in that high road. It's, it's where they thrive. It's what they're taught a successful life is. You know, some are good at the middle road, but most avoid the low road. Mm-hmm. And what they don't recognize in the setup in that is if you lose the low road, if you don't know how to do the low road, and that's where most repairs happen and couples learn to kind of reconnect, the high road starts to disappear too. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you're stuck in doing all the work of life without any of the payoffs or the fruit, right? Mm-hmm. That is a setup for boredom. That is a setup for boredom. And right? then they start to think there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with my partner when it's just that they don't know how to let those parts of themselves out. And when you start to lose access to parts of who you are, guess what? You disappear. Literally, yeah. you start to lose you over time. Yeah. Boredom is, I think what you said is hitting me. It's like a lack of engagement. Yeah. You know, if we're not engaged, we're bored in our, if we're not engaged with our careers, if we're not engaged with the people in our lives, that isolation, we're, we're just kind of bored, it, you know, like a, a sense of apathy about life. And I certainly think this happens in the bedroom, yeah. you know, and especially when we make up in our heads without communication, without talking about it. Well, this is just the way, this is all my partner wants. Mm-hmm. Or my partner doesn't want, you know, this wild, crazy thing over here. And therefore, we generalize that. They don't want anything new. They don't want anything at all that's different. Yeah. You know, whereas they might want, you know, if that's a 10, they might want all the way up to a 9 with you. But they just mm-hmm. can't do that 10. And so we start to make up judgments and things that keep us inside ourselves keep us isolated from our partner, we have sort of false judgments about them. And without talking about it, without having good language, which, you know, September 8th, y'all, we're doing a great sex, great love retreat. So please join us, you know, where we help you talk this through. But without that communication, it yeah, it's going to be boring. I so appreciate you adding the good intention so often what leads to boredom is I don't want to hurt my partner. I don't want to bring something up that will be judged, you know, so I'll just keep it to myself. I'll keep it to myself. Mm -hmm. And what people Mm -hmm. don't realize is every time they swallow who they are and they don't express it, they lose more of themselves to bring in. Both people do that. Like, I don't want you to think badly of me. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to tell you a little slower, a little faster. Like all this lack of feedback is coming from a beautiful place, but it just kills, you know, right? The levels of engagement in it, a relationship. It kills vitality. Like, I, yeah. don't, I don't know you then. I don't know who you are, what you want. I, I don't, I can't see into your erotic mind. And so- yeah, it just kills that sense of excitement. I, I do think, and I'm we're going to take a break here in a minute, but I do think that there is a possibility, right, of safety and security in a relationship where actually we open up more and more and more and more deeply about who we are erotically. 
Yeah. So let's get a little bit more depressed first and talk about <laughs> more that contributes to this boredom. And then we'll, we'll kind of pull out of that and talk about how we get out of it. Oh, like EG. Uber Lube. It's a luxury lubricant. Can you say that three times fast? Uber Lube Luxury Lubricant. You know, basically, it's pure silicone bliss. It is made from superior ingredients. It has skin-soothing vitamin E, and it goes on just like natural moisture, and it lasts a long time. There's no drip. Their glass bottles are truly beautiful. You can leave them on your bedstand. I do. No problem. Nobody notices. And it's basically like this thin, slippery silicone formulation. It reduces friction, which is great, but it doesn't reduce sensation, and it stays slippery long enough for lasting pleasure. They have travel-friendly toughened glass bottles. You can slip it in your gym bag. You can slip it in your purse. You can be ready whenever. Try UberLube, the silicone lubricant, at uberlube.com. Use the code FOREPLAY for 10% off. Really, it is the best lubricant on the market. We are doing a couple's retreat on September 8th. So please keep that in mind in your schedule for your fall schedule. We want to give you a heads up. We're only doing one this year because our training schedule is getting crazy. But we would love to invite you to our couple's retreat on September 8th. It's by Zoom. And you can find it on our website, foreplaysextherapy.com. Nice. And we just uh, completed training therapist two days, right, on sex. Had over 100 therapists. How much fun was that, Laurie? To just kind of, again, get all these questions. We don't have all the answers, but we're just, again, that excitement's just trying to help us all get clearer and clearer and start leaning in this direction because it's such a great need to help couples talk about their sex lives. It was. It was really fun. And we're excited to do it again for our couples. We always have fun with people who are wanting to work on their sex life and come to us. They're always anxious. What is it going to look like? And I'm glad to email you a little bit about that, talk with you so you can get comfy. And who don't want to be comfy, Mm -hmm. right? So, Lori, again, these good intentions. And I think that low road stuff, it's so why this podcast, we're trying to get couples to go to the low roads sexually and talk about these things. Like when you're afraid of being rejected, when you're afraid there's something wrong with your body, that you're going to fail, you're going to disappoint, you're going to lose your erection, you're not going to have an orgasm. Like these things make it all about you. Yes. When it's all about you and you're, you're lost and preoccupied in your own world, like you're not present. I guess what? When you're not present and your partner's doing the same thing, you get two people at some of the loneliest moments that you could imagine when two people are intimate and they're both lost in their own worries, right? How could that be high levels of engagement? How could that not feel bored? It's like, you know, I'm not really with you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think when people focus on sometimes just pleasing their partner, I just want you to have a good time and then it'll be over. It's like, that focus, that worry, like, are you going to be happy with me? They, they are not in tune with the self at all. Right. And, and I do think in part, certainly we want to be gracious. We want to be generous to each other sexually. But on the other hand, it, it's like if always the focus is on making your partner happy, like then, then you're not necessarily taking enough. And I think sex without taking, like 
is boring. I want to be with a partner, right, who says, hey, do this to me. You know, I want you, I, like, that to me is so exciting. Ooh, I was, I was a turn on there, Lori. Hey, do this to me. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's exciting when your yeah, partner power takes. In it. Right. It, yeah. I mean, it's, it is a turn on. It is a turn on when your partner is willing to put that out there and to ask and even demand a little bit. It's like that give and take, it has to be kind of rigorous back and forth. It can't just be one person pleasing the other. It's also about their willing, because you know they're engaged if they're asking for something. And if they're a little bit focused and they know their body, that that's exciting. That's the good news here. Let's turn this around, right? There's nothing wrong with boredom. It's just your body telling you where you're at and you're not where you're supposed to be. It's a it's signal. Like when you, yeah, it's a signal like depression or anything else. It's saying you need to pivot. You need to do something differently. You're, something's not working here. Let's listen to it and not judge it. If your level of engagement is down, let's do things. I mean, I think too often sex therapists are try to fix this problem with novelty and there's nothing wrong with bringing in toys and different things, right? But at the root of the problem, if that's just now you're preoccupied with your toys and you're not present, it's really not going to fix anything. How do we get people to be more present with each other, to be more embodied, to be more relaxed, right? To, to be able to communicate, which is going to be the key to doing that with each other. Yeah. And I read a bunch of articles like on what other people thought about boring sex. And I read 10 articles about, hey, spice it up, bring in some toys, do this. But I'm really thinking about a deeper way to have enlivened sex. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're saying, yes, it you can use all the toys in the world and you can maybe even have great orgasms. But if you're not engaged with your partner, I just think there's this qualitative problem mm-hmm. that doesn't foster more eroticism. Exactly. So how do we, if you're listening, you're already going down this road, right? You're already starting to think about how can I introduce these new elements, these new communication kind of questions or engage. We need, this is a constantly moving target. Like mm-hmm. what I liked yesterday, I might not like tomorrow. Yeah. So I need a partner who's going to attune to that. Mm-hmm. When I'm teaching therapists, I'm like, the goal is imperfect attunement. You know, it's learning and celebrating the attunement, but you're, you're always going to fall a little bit behind to get a little bit in front and misattune. Misattunement's our friend too. It's information. It's saying, you know what? You're not where you need to be. You're moving too fast. You're going too slow. You know, you busted out that toy too early. For people who could communicate that, this is easy to repair. It's easy to get back into that spot of attunement. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you're in a relationship with no attunement, which boredom is, you have two people who are just misattuned and not doing anything to change the misattunement. That's going to lead to distance. It's going to lead to, you know, loneliness. It's going to lead to more pressure. You know, and that's what leads so many couples to stop having sex. They don't want the bored, bad sex anymore. Their body's saying, I don't want that. It doesn't feel good. And then now we stop having sex altogether, which is a whole nother kind of episode. Mm, Yeah. If I were a sexual pursuer, if I had advice for a sexual pursuer, it's about being courageous. It's And I'm not saying, okay, you know, I want to do you dirty and do it anal and do it, you know, in a park. It's like, 
I, I wouldn't say that startling your partner is the best technique. I would say, what about the inside? What about for you is seductive? What What can you imagine? You know your partner. Like, what would you do that would seduce your partner? I, I asked this guy. I mean, I, I found him boring. I really did. He was so complainy about his... You're talking about a client? A client. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. You're talking about a previous boyfriend. I was <laughs> no, like, no, oh, no, so no, 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 no. What's going on? We're not on going here? there. Right. Um, no, I found him so boring because he he was so invulnerable. You know, I don't know. My wife is so boring in bed. And I had been talking to her. I'm like, she was stark, raven, beautiful, George. And all he could do was complain about one thing or another about her body. And she was very beautiful and very fit. She was too short. Her legs were too short. I'm like, really? Like, this is what you're focusing on on this? Like, every man that I know would think she was an 11. And anyway... I asked him, if you were sitting at a bar, and let's say you're single, your wife has died, you know, there, there's, I'm, I'm not talking about something immoral, and you have to pick up a woman, what would you do? And he's like, uh, like, all his game was gone. You know, he could not think about how he would flirt, how he would come on to her, like, it, and I, maybe he did know, right? I mean, my assumption was deep down inside, he absolutely knew how to do that. But he would not play the game. He would not reveal that he, because to reveal it meant that he was not doing that with his wife and he was contributing to the boredom between them, that mm-hmm. he was not putting out the energy that was necessary to really enliven them. Yeah. It's so important to for both people in a bored sexual relationship to take ownership for their side of it. Because mm-hmm. if they're in a negative cycle, they're both, you know, he has good reasons for his criticism, sure, you know, through the years and the rejections, you know, but can he see how he's creating an environment that would make anyone not want to have sex, mm-hmm. right? When you don't, you, you're a receptive person and all you're getting is criticism, that's probably not going to turn you on or kind of get your body going. And the flip side of it, if you're that receptive person, right? And, and you know, you're going to pathologize your partner for, you know, for wanting sex too much. Like that ability for both sides to take ownership. I think that's freedom in that. I think too often partners in relationships don't. They're so focused on the other and changing the other that they don't actually focus and we know the most successful people focus on themselves they focus on what they can change mm-hmm. right which is mm-hmm. their own actions so that's what you're inviting this guy to do like change your game man maybe she won't respond to it but you, you if you do you have a chance instead of always focusing on changing her i don't think her legs are going to grow <laughs> but you know what if you tried to pick her up at, like at a bar you might, you know, get it away yields. I don't know. <laughs> Find that better dance. Yeah, and and I would say for receptive people, this is one thing that has been proven to me as a sex therapist over 25 years or whatever however long I've been doing it is often the and it's usually female. You know, she comes in and she says, "Yeah, I just never want sex again." And when I talk to her over a period of time, what I learn is she does have an erotic core. She does have ideas Mm -hmm. and fantasies, but there's been injuries. 
I told him this and he never did it again. Or I've told him multiple times what I need and he doesn't do it. And she's, she sacrifices her eroticism to make the relationship go more smoothly. She's afraid. If I really make a big deal about this, he's going to hear my criticism. He's so macho. He's going to think he's not doing it right. And then we're going to shut down or something. And, and sometimes it's true. Like I, I talked to this one woman who said, he's rough on my clitoris. Like I get going, I'm almost there, and he just goes harder and faster. And I've told him a hundred times, that hurts. And he won't hear it. And he's sitting in the room with us, George. Yeah. And he says, but it's so exciting. And I just want her to get there. So I go hard. And I'm like, okay, she's told you privately a yeah. hundred times. She's telling you in my presence, and you're still protesting. Like, no wonder she doesn't want to have sex with you. You know, it wasn't that she was yeah. didn't like sex. It's that this communication glitch, it, it's like he could just not get through his head that what he thought would work, and maybe for him, harder and faster really worked. So he has a biological truth about harder and faster, which he can't let go of in that moment to give her what she needs. And so her reception, you know, she she gets bored and she turns off because, you know, okay, I'll just do it your way. We'll do it as fast as we can. You know, I'm not even going to give you an opportunity to touch me because it's not going to work. And then she has, she lets go of her fantasies. Mm -hmm. I mean, lets go of her own eroticism in service of his pleasure. And uh, my heart, I, even as I say it, my heart is like squeezing right now. It just hurts me. You know, when this when this can't sort of work, especially when the yeah. more receptive person actually does have an alive eroticism inside. Yeah. And, and it's not just their partners. I mean, culture shuts down women and i think trauma shuts down women there's there's and men you know there's so many things that turn us off we don't have to settle for that right again that's the good news that we want to leave you all with that if you're having bored sex you have really good reasons to be having bored sex something has happened it's It's a a signal it could be you're trying to protect your partner it could be there's been bad things happening that you couldn't talk about but whatever the level of engagements that are really poor your body doesn't want to do that over and over again. There's nothing wrong with that. Listen to your body and figure out what is it that's not working. How do I communicate that with the partner? And if you're able to just kind of address that together, you're already addressing it together is increasing the levels of engagement. I guarantee the next time you get in bed, it will not be the same way it always has been, right? And you're going to start to feel the signs of what curiosity, sex was designed to be an exploration. It's a journey. It's supposed to be high levels of engagement. And if there's bumps in a road, that's fine. Bumps also create levels of engagement. It was never designed to be a flat kind of parked kind of job. So let's get at it. Let's get at it. Boring is a signal. It means that something needs to change. And so we invite you to change. Keep it hot. Keep it hot and talk about boring, baby. Call in your questions to the 4Play Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY4PLAY. 
That's 833-MY-4PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.